Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Hello. We are so excited today to have... Our new friend, can we call you friend? We just met a few minutes ago, but Tara Lee Cobble on with us. And if you just heard her speak, I feel like your voice is so recognizable to so many people. So we're so excited to have you on. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, Christian and I were kind of just telling you, but we are personally, I, I feel weird saying fans of yours, but we just really respect what you've done with this ministry or both of your ministries. And we've personally done your Bible reading plan the past few years. I know of a lot of our listeners have joined in and done that as well. And so, yeah, we were excited to talk to you because you're someone that we just look up to a lot, love following you on social media and seeing all that you do. So yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tara Lee, why don't you even just start off? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What does just your life look like? What does your work look like? Tell us all the things. Well, I'm Tara Lee Cobble. I live in Dallas. I am from Tennessee, but I've been in Texas for a few years and I just live in this box in the sky. (laughs) I love it. It's amazing. I don't have any pets or plants or children. Actually, I have have plants. I do have plants and I... And you're keeping them alive? I'm keeping them alive. Oh, there you Some go. Of them are so alive they look fake. <laughs> I was going to say. So is that real? It yeah, looks really yeah, pretty. That was real. That was real. But yeah, I don't have anything else I have to keep alive besides these plants. And I love the Word of God. I think the Word of God matters so much to the heart of every human, but especially to the heart of those who are in relationship with God, who have been adopted into His family. So I'm just passionate about that. And I run a few ministries that are geared around biblical literacy. D Group is one of them. It stands for Discipleship group. It's an international network of Bible studies that meet in homes and churches around the world every week. And then separate from that, I do a thing called the Bible Recap, which you guys mentioned, which is a podcast where we read through the Bible in a year. It's also a book. And then I lead trips to Israel where we study the word of God on site, on location. I'd love for you guys to to come with me sometime. Well, I said that right before it started. My in-laws have been to Israel a lot. My father-in-law is actually a Messianic Jew. And so they love going there. And so my husband and I have really been wanting to go, obviously COVID kind of threw all that off. But I've said, I've even told him, I'm like, if we go to Israel, I want to figure out how to go on one Good of on these Lee cobble yes. trips because <laughs> I watch you go on them and have seen photos. And I just think that'd be so cool, especially after hearing how you kind of talk and teach the word through your podcast and your Bible plan. So It's amazing. Will you tell us a little bit as we kind of get started? I want to hear about D Group, but how did the Bible recap get started? How did you think to do that? And then what was that process like recording all of those podcasts for each day the first time? (laughs) I can't imagine. Wow. Yeah. Right. The reason that I created a Bible recap was because I grew up in church. I became a Christian around the age of four. My family owns a Christian bookstore. I went into ministry during college, went into full-time ministry right out of college and had every outlet in the world, every availability, every opportunity to read the whole Bible and just never had. Had tried several times, had failed several times. Every time I tried, I failed. And a pastor friend of mine who I ran into in ministry circles, asked me one time if I'd read the whole Bible. And I was like, I'm sure I've pieced it together over time. And he said, I think you should start today and you should read it all. And you should say very little on stage until you finished. And so I was, I was challenged 
Like it felt a little bit like a, a gentle rebuke, but it was just this opportunity that I leaned into because he offered to answer my questions along the way. And I never realized that the reason I stopped reading the Bible every time I failed, I never realized that it was because I didn't understand what I was reading. I thought I was bored by what I was reading, but if I had understood it, I wouldn't have been bored. There's no way. And Yeah. And so when I had him explaining things to me throughout the process, Anytime I would hit a tension point, like something that I didn't like or something that I didn't understand, I would ask him and he would explain it to me. And that's why I made it through the Bible the first time. That was the whole reason I succeeded was because I started to understand. And so I just wanted to do that for as many people as possible. I wanted to do for them what he did for me on an individual level. So I started this the Bible recap where you read through the Bible in a year. It's about 12 minutes of reading a day and about eight minutes of me talking to you on a podcast to explain what you just read. Or, you know, for people who prefer the book, it's two pages a day of reading. So that is something I started doing. We launched January 1st, 2019. So we're now on our fourth trip through the Bible and recording, man. The first year of building it all out, it was rough. It was so much. You guys know how hard it is to do a podcast. A podcast a day. Yeah. Well, I was building the plane while we were flying. So I was I was maybe a week ahead most oh, times. Gosh. And it was about on average a hundred hours of work a week. Oh my goodness. And so I would literally just roll out of bed in my pajamas and go sit at my dining room table and work for 16 hours and then go back to bed. And I did that wow. for 15 months. I'm so like, it was a lot of work. <laughs> that's insane. And that's like so it, much. It was insane. Yeah. Yeah. I saw I saw five people that year. I told all the rest of my friends, I'll see you in a year. But I have to like, I can't spread myself thin. I need relationships that are deep and and rich and that will help me stay afloat during this time. And so I just chose like five friendships to sort of like sit in during that time because it was a lot of work for sure. Well, we're that's like, for well it. that's why I am so thankful for all of the work you put in. And it again, even just as you say that, I love that you had intention behind the number of minutes it was, the number of pages it was, that you like thought through all those things. Because I mean, I can sit here and say the number of times I tried reading through the whole Bible. And like you're saying, I stopped because I'm like, this has no relevance to my life, or I'm confused, or like, that seems insane. I just had all these things. and I didn't have someone kind of like thread through the needle for me every time and being like, oh, that's why that makes sense. Or that's why that's so important. Or that's why it's so impactful to the gospel story. And so that's what your Bible recap has done for me. And like we've told many people, like it's made specifically the Old Testament, like come to life. Because if you don't understand the Old Testament, the New Testament like doesn't really make sense. Or like, it's not as weighty. It's not as exciting and it really has done all those things for like our heart and minds. And so we so appreciate what you've done and would suggest that to anyone yeah. to go do That's it for themselves. so encouraging. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. The Old it's Testament, really cool. man, there's so much rich stuff in there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. There's some crazy stories too. There's some mm-hmm. stories I'm like, okay, like even after I hear you explain it on the podcast or if I look up some stuff on my own, I'm like, that one's still a little like odd to me or confusing, but uh-huh. it's also kind of humbling to know like I'm not always going to understand everything about this too, but I can continue to dive into it and ask God to help me understand as well. I love, we always talk about like the questions even that you have on day one of the Bible or of the, you know, the first thing you read before each day are so great too, because it really kind of helps like put your posture towards like wanting God to enter into that with you and not just be about, okay, let me read and like read for the sake of this knowledge, but also like, I want this to transform my heart. I want God to work through these words. You know, that's why we have his word. And so I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to ask you now, obviously you have read through the Bible many times over the years. Is there anything in the Bible or just like in general that you're like, it's still really hard for me to wrap my head around this or like, this is really still weird to me. Like, is there anything that you're like, yeah, after reading through it so many times, I still have a really hard time digesting this. Is there anything? There are loads of things. Yeah. Loads, <laughs> loads. What are some things at the top? And if of the you were list? to ask me, if you were to ask me this question every day, I would be able to probably give you a different answer every day. It's still there's still things that are super perplexing and bewildering. I think one thing, it's more than anything, like more than something that is a lot of the things that feel incongruent or that feel conflicting. As I've read and as I've studied, I've been able to resolve a lot of those tensions. There are some spaces that tensions still exist, obviously, but the things that make Make me more excited to think about are not like trying to resolve those tensions, but it's just like these little things that where we get just a little blip of information and I'm still like, I want to know more. I want to mm-hmm. know more. Like for instance, yesterday, one of the thoughts that I was just thinking over and over, I was like, what did the transfiguration look like physically? Like if I'm seeing the transfiguration with my eyes, what does that look like? Can I look at Jesus as he's being transfigured? Is it like too much? Like what's happening in other dimensions in that sort of situation that's happening there. And, you know, even the fact that Jesus resurrection body could walk through walls and yet still eat fish. Like what? Just things like that, that I'm like, this is so exciting and weird. If weirds, you know, some people don't like to say that things in the Bible are weird. I think it's fair game. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm just like, I will spend time spinning on those things. Like, what did that look like? Or like, if I could transport myself to any location at any time in history, I would want to be on, on the road to Emmaus with Jesus and the, the guys, the day he resurrects, he takes this long walk and he's telling these guys all the ways that all the old Testament prophecies point to him. And he's explaining all of it to them. And then he like goes and has dinner with them. And then it's kind of like disappears. Oh. And I'm just like, what I wouldn't give to be one of those guys. You'd be on like walking Jimaeus. on the road and like Jesus walks by and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. And you're like that person who like never stops following. You're like, can I ask you one more question? Can I ask yeah. you one more question? <laughs> yeah. I can see that. That's awesome. I love what you said about the tension. I think that is currently what God is teaching me just in this season of my life even as I read through the Bible and it's just like, yeah, been a season for me that I think God is just like in his graciousness and goodness is showing me that since we live in a world that is already, but not yet that there's going to be tension in everything. And I think that's by his grace to me that, yeah, I'm not comfortable here or like things aren't easy here or things aren't just like simple and black and white, like they're gray and they're hard and there's tension and there's push in their pull. And so I see that in like my reading and I just, yeah, I'm experiencing that in my current season of life. And so it's just cool. So I love what you said about that. I think as long as our questions, you know, whether they're questions like you're, you know, like that tension that we've talked about or whether it's just the curiosities, like the road to Emmaus thing, as long as those questions are things that are inviting us into deeper relationship with God, because I think there is a, a space where tension, if I dwell on something like I'm trying to get the answer and I'm more interested in getting the answer than in getting intimacy with the Lord, that's where my questions become a barrier in my relationship with Him, as opposed to a conduit for deeper intimacy. And so I think it's really important to hold tension, to hold, hold to the Lord tighter than our questions. So that is something that like when I find myself in those spaces of tension, sometimes it's really good for me to dive in and lean in because that's going to get me more intimacy with God as I understand the answers. But if I'm like feeling some sort of like, it's just a desire for knowledge. If it's just, I just want to know the answers, then I try to lean out until my heart gets right. Wow. Mm. That's good. I should put that in post it. 
remind myself of that. <laughs> I think I, my personality, I can be okay with a lot of unknown. Like I'll sit kind of like you were saying, your, your brain will just kind of go on and on. I'll have that. And then I'm like, I'm very okay with stepping away and being like, okay, I just might not ever fully understand that. But I have friends who their personalities and just the way that their mind works are really like they kind of need to have all the answers. And so I do think that helps us like bring balance to both. Like I can desire and want to know more if it's going to help better. Like my intimacy, like you were saying, but also to some of my friends, it's okay to be like, hey, kind of need to leave that maybe. Like maybe we just won't know the exact answer to that. Or like maybe you're getting caught up on like the wrong detail of the story when you're like missing what maybe he's wanting us to hear from this. I don't know. That's kind of good to hear. Yeah, that's really cool. So obviously you have the Bible recap and then you also mentioned D group. I want you to talk a little bit about that because we've heard you say this too, this concept of like when you started D group, you wanted it to be like the CrossFit of Bible studies. What do you Mm -hmm. mean when you say that? And then also (laughs) from that, like what have you seen God do in the community of, again, I know a little bit about what you mean in that, but like what have Mm -hmm. you seen God do in people studying God's word together? Yeah. So I started D group. It stands for discipleship group. And there are lots of other things called D group that are not necessarily the same thing. They might've predated us. We just happen to have the same name, but I started it because I wanted people to study the Bible with when I had just started reading through the Bible and I was finding all this new stuff and I wanted people to talk about it besides that pastor. And I was like, I need to talk to people about this. So I had this idea of a Bible study and I was in a home group at church, but our home group was, it was mostly like we would either rehash the Sunday sermon or we would read a book together, or we would just come and hang out and have dinner. And I was like, this is great, but like none of this is pressing me into the spiritual disciplines that I want to partake in. And I need something, you know, you know, there are people who go to the gym if there's a class, if they're participating in a class, but they're never going to go to the gym by themselves. That was me with scripture stuff. So I'm like, I want to memorize scripture. I'm not going to do that on my own. I want to read the Bible daily. I'm not going to do that if like, I don't have to answer for it. I want to study and and dive into passages of scripture. I want to confess my sin. I want to like grow in my prayer habits and, you know, be better equipped at praying out loud and interceding for people, praying for people besides myself. But there was no space where those spiritual disciplines were lived out in my life. They were things I could read books about and try to practice at home, but I didn't have a community where that was happening in my life. And so I sort of designed this two-hour weekly meeting where all of those things happened in this one space together. And I went to my pastor and I was like, do you know of any other other people who'd want to do this with me? And he sent me nine girls I'd never met. I'd met one of them, but the others were relative strangers to me. And it was just, you know, like a bunch of college girls getting together in a living room every week and confessing sin and praying for each other out loud and quoting like we memorize chunks of the of scripture, not just like a verse every week and then forget it by the next week. We're memorizing cumulatively. So we're building our strength. We're getting more reps in. And so hence the CrossFit analogy. If you've been to a CrossFit gym, it's people from all walks of life, all ages, races, sizes, and they're all doing these very hard things. And some of them are way further along than others, but they're all doing the same things together. And they're building this community by having a shared mission. And so what I realized was I had with these nine randos that I'd never met, I started to build deeper, richer relationships than in the home group that I'd been in for a year where we just hung out and talked about our lives. And so I realized that like community actually happens best when it's not the goal, when it happens as a byproduct of being on mission together. And when our mission is to know and love the Lord, it really bridges the gaps between people of all ages, races, you know, like every walk of life. 
And I love that that happens in D groups. So now D group, we have men's D groups, we have women's D groups. We're on six continents. It's this thing that just kind of like spread because it turns out that a lot of other people wanted that kind of gospel, spiritual discipline type of community as well. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. wow. Praise God. That that's coming, awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I loved what I saw that you had said that about the CrossFit. I just think it's funny because we all know if someone does CrossFit, there's not just like casually like, I do CrossFit. It's like, no, it changes their life. We've like, never, we've never yeah, done CrossFit. CrossFit just yeah. to say, and if you like, do I, CrossFit, I'm, this is me. Yes, I am kind of stereotyping, but I'm like, no, if someone does CrossFit, they are like fully committed. They are like, in and it, it is a lifestyle community. change. I've always wondered that. Yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. why are all the CrossFit people like they hang, they spend holidays with their other CrossFit CrossFit people. Yeah. And they're like, uh-huh. it's like there are people. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I just loved, I was like, wow, there's something so good. And again, even like we had mentioned, we are on staff at our local church. And I think that is so good. Even what you just said there about when people are on mission together, community is just like a byproduct of that. But when we are all looking towards a goal of glorifying God and making his name known, that's just so cool. What God can do when like you are ultimately on mission together. And then like those horizontal relationships can even function better, you know? So I love that. That's really, really cool. Okay, switching gears just a little bit because we also love following you on Instagram. I love seeing your (laughs) Israel stories. When was the last trip you got to take with COVID and everything? Have you gone recently? Yeah, I went three times in 2021. The last trip was, I think, October, maybe? That's awesome. We had to cancel our December trip right after Christmas. We were going to go. And so I get to go. I leave again in less than a month. And I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. How many people do you take each time? Usually we cap the trips at around 40, 45. Okay. And I've done some boutique trips that are smaller. Our trips used to be smaller, but now we have so many people who want to go. But we try to keep it to one bus. Okay. And it just like, you know. Logistically works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really nice because then... I get to know everybody. I get to spend time with everybody on the trip. And mm-hmm. it's really, I love it. That's, That's really awesome. cool. We'll count us in for yeah, one. Next one. Like we got <laughs> yeah. to get on the list somewhere yeah, and, for real. and all that. But something else we've seen you talk about on Instagram, you talk about a lot of different things, but you have mentioned this idea. You have like a guy best friend or a best guy friend. I don't know how you BGF. say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. BGF. What is it? My yeah, best BGF. Guy friend. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember what the acronym <laughs> was for sure. But will you go there with us a little bit in that. Of, yeah. I think Christian and I both grew up in Christian homes too. And just kind of, I don't know, we like to break down some barriers of like Christian culture, some things that maybe were well-intended, but ended up damaging us growing up. Just, we like to really kind of dissect some of this. And will you talk to us about the idea of having like a really close friend of the opposite sex? Because we hear a lot in Christian subculture, like that's a no, no, you should, you know, I don't know. Like, tell us what your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think just like with anything in life, there are benefits and boundaries that are helpful. And so Nathan is the guy that you're talking about. Nathan, I've known each other for about like half of our lives or more. And I set him up with his wife. So he's married. And (laughs) yeah, so there's a lot of trust there because of of just the the nature of, of how our relationship, like we've known each other like since high school and he's just been you know, we've never, we've occasionally lived in the same city, but for the most part, we've just kept up this friendship where he like will suggest theology books to me or he'll suggest podcasts to me. And it's like been really formative in my knowledge of the yeah. Lord and my relationship with mm-hmm. the Lord. He was the first person who ever told me about podcasts. And so I was going to ask the same thing. I'm like, what year do you think that yeah. was? I have no idea, Yeah, but I started podcasting sermons because of him. Oh, cool. And he was telling me about all these pastors that he listened to. And so our, our friendship was really built around a shared love of theology and, and a love of the Lord. And 
my best friend is a female. But the reason I clarify he's my best guy friend is just, you know, I think some of it is that lingering stuff that you're talking about of like, that feels Mm -hmm. a little weird, like, you know, but he and his wife, I just, I adore them. And there's a lot of trust there. And so I think the thing that I've learned maybe the hard way because of growing up in that kind of environment of everything's kind of separated. I mean, I grew up pretty strict fundamental Baptist. Same. Like guys and girls didn't even go to the pool at the same time. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That was a little bit more strict than mine. Yeah. It wasn't just like girls wear a Mm t-shirt and shorts over your swimsuit. It's like, you're not even going at the same time as them. Wow. You know? Okay. Yeah. So pretty strict in that regard. And I think there are helpful things that can be taken from that. And I think that there are harmful things that can be taken from that. And so the thing that I learned was that once I sort of established some internal boundaries and wisdom gleaned from scripture, gleaned from people who live, lived life longer than me. Once I had sort of those guardrails and that that understanding, like, am I going to sit up and, and talk to a guy friend alone? Like, you know, about the deepest things of my heart that I would with a woman until like 2 a.m. Like, let's probably have, that's probably wiser to have some boundaries around that, you know, but it doesn't mean I shouldn't be friends with guys. And I found that like 50% of the body of Christ is male. And if I don't have that speaking into my life, if they don't have me speaking into their lives, if we are just siloed off, it's kind of like if you just take the youth group and you just silo them off and they never interact with anybody who's of a different demographic than them. That siloing off, I think, does some damage. And so I found that as the body of Christ, we need each other. Like Paul, when he's traveling, we know that he's traveling with some dudes. He's also traveling with some women. He talks about them. Mm-hmm. Single Paul traveling with women. Ooh, you know? scandalous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, they're doing road trips together. Ooh, you know? Yeah. So just those kinds of things that are so vital to our full development as members of the body of Christ, as members of the the global church, the local church. I think it's really fruitful to have those relationships. The church has so much. Women have a lot to contribute to the building up of the church. Men have a lot to contribute to the building up of the church. Neither gender gets a pass and we cannot do it alone. And when we work separately, it doesn't like, like, uh, I think there are, I want to be careful because I think there are, there are a lot of different nuanced opinions about like leadership in the church and what spaces women take up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about community in the body of Christ. And when we try to silo off our communities, I think it can be really challenging. And at the same time, I will tell you, D group is gender specific. We don't have co-ed D groups because that is a space where it's intended to go deep. And so we have those guardrails up there. We do have men and women who do the same study. And so if a husband and a wife are in D group together, they'll go home and talk about their, their, have the same homework. They're doing the same study. They're memorizing the same scriptures. And that's great. And it builds their intimacy as married couples. But because of the nature of it being as intense as it is, we find that it's best that it happens in gender specific spaces. So as you can see, I run the, I span the gamut on. Yeah, on I love that. Separation, oh. integration. And I just think there's, I think it's very nuanced. Mm-hmm. I think that was very wise. Yeah. I loved what you said about the body of Christ because genuinely, yeah, like male and females operate different in some ways. Every brain operates different in different ways. I mean, God literally said you are going to be the body of Christ. And we recently had a friend on our podcast talking about like the hand, like you're going to be the handy one and the foot, you're going to be the footy one. And, you know, there's like different skill sets and different abilities that God gives to different people. And if we're only 
acting or treating people in the ways that, well, you're only going to, I'm only going to be able to use this, like only men or only women. That makes no sense that we bring different things to the table as God created it to be. And I even love what you said about guardrails. I think there's like negative connotations to the word boundaries. And so even in you saying there are guardrails there, because like, even if we think a guardrail, even on a road, like what is that telling us? That's telling me like, Hey, use caution. This is here for your safety. Use caution in this area. Well, in the same way, that's what that guardrail is doing. It's saying, Hey, we only do D groups with only female groups or only male groups, because like you're going to go uber deep. And it's probably for your best interest that you don't share your deepest sin struggle with another dude, you know, like that's just probably a good thing. And so it's a guardrail for your safety, for our flourishing. I love just like, yeah, even just the switch out of that word. That makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. And you know, I think it's interesting. There are people who have come to me with questions about like, what are your stances on like teaching men in the church and like women being in those positions? And none of that is what I'm talking about here. And I think when I'm sitting at that lunch table in Israel with all of those men of all different ages sitting around the table with me, and we're having conversation they might learn something. It doesn't mean I'm set up as an authority teaching them because otherwise men and women, we wouldn't be able to have conversations about the Lord at all because anything that a woman would be saying would be instructing. If you're giving information, I'm just giving information. I'm not like setting myself up as an authority over them. And so I think because we have been so careful in certain spaces, and I think there's wisdom in being careful, but because we of that, we have, there might be a little bit over a little bit of overcorrection. And again, that's going to vary from community to community where the nuance is. But that's just been my my personal experience. I've come from a very strict background and I've learned some ways that I was maybe lacking as a result. No, that makes a lot of sense. No, that's really wise. I think you've thought through that like really well and with a biblical lens. So that's awesome to hear. You recently have shared on social media, just kind of a season that you walked out of, out of kind of like the winter season and coming into a new year. You talked about just what you're learning right now and what God is teaching you about community, confessing sin, having people walk alongside you in messiness. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Unpack that for us. Yeah. So I had this last year, I I was coming out of a long season of working and being isolated by myself. I worked on the Bible recap for 15 months. I finished at the beginning of March, 2020. And I was like, great, I get to go back out into the world again. And then 12 days later, (laughs) yeah, and I'm immunocompromised. I was born with four birth defects in my heart. And so I was like, well, we're going back into the apartment until this storm, you know, blows over. So I was back in my apartment again for about another 15 months through all the COVID stuff, which is very COVID cautious. So I was by myself for 30 months and two and a half, that's two and a half years. And when I came out, you know how we all have that like social awkwardness that we carried with us. I had that double basically because I'd been by myself for, for twice as long as most people had. And I was very tentative and I actually started going to a new church at that time as well and was making new friends and was like, just found myself experiencing a lot of like relational, relational struggles with, you know, just all of those changes that were happening and all of the changes that were happening in our world. And then on top of that, there was a lot of spiritual warfare. And on top of that, you know, like I was releasing a lot of books and doing a lot of podcasts and there's all of this stuff and the weight of all of that, I just felt really fragile. I just felt really fragile. I just felt really scared in the world, scared of relationships, scared of just everything. And so 
a lot of the wounds that I was enduring through all of those things, through new relationships, through old relationships, through coming out of COVID, I was just really, I don't know a better word for it than fragile. Like I would cry at the drop of a hat. I go to a, a therapist and one of the things that I learned to do during that time, I called it my designated cry time where I would just go, my church has midweek prayer and I would go to that and I would just sit and like pray and cry for an hour. And so we were like emptying the grief bucket. It was what we called it. Yeah. Um, kind of sounds nice. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really fair, great. It was just, yeah. 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 Very much so. Mm-hmm. Because if I didn't do that, like you, we were having a conversation and I started crying, I might cry for an hour just in conversation with you at dinner. And I can't do that. Like that's, you no, you don't want me tr- crying at the taco joint, you know? And so I needed to mitigate my, <laughs> my grief by this designated cry time and to watch my community come alongside me in my fragility, in my weakness, in my fear, in my anxiety, in all of those spaces. It was really beautiful. Most of these people were people I did not know six months earlier, and they're seeing the worst possible version of me. They're seeing this person who is so broken, who can't stop crying, who has all these fears and all these anxieties. And I was like, if they're sticking with me in this kind of, if they're seeing me like this and they're still being friends with me, these are some good people to have around me. And I just was so, so grateful that the Lord surrounded me with people who would love me in that space with all the baggage that I was bringing with me. So oh, that's that, awesome. That almost makes me emotional just hearing you say that because we all know that feeling. Maybe it looks different and for different reasons, but when you're just at your lowest spot and then like when you said that these people just, I, we all just think of those people that are like, no, they've really seen me walk through some things. And so it makes it like, it makes the highs in those relationships like so much more valuable because you're like, I know there's just so much security in this. And of course, imperfections and relationships still happen and hard things. And maybe, you know, friends don't always respond the way we would hope for them to all the time. But it's just, it's so much more rich, I think, than just like, oh, okay, it's easy for people to love the Tara Lee that, you know, is on this, I don't know, in a higher spot, but like, who's going to stick around when I'm low? And I know that's, I don't know, that just seems like a basic thing. But when we all can kind of relate to that experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we all experience someone loving us at our like most raw, real, broken time, you're like, okay, this is like a legitimate connection and friendship. And like, I know you genuinely care and love and support and are for me. You know, like it's reassuring. And now you can be like, you've only known me here. Like, like here's where we can go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Like, I promise there's times where we can eat tacos (laughs) and not cry. I won't cry. But it's just not right now. I'm starting to, I've just recently turned a corner with that where I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm starting to have fun. I'm starting to like, you know, like do fun things. Mm -hmm. And I think they're seeing sides of me that they've never seen before. And they're like, oh, this is, this is new. This is exciting. I don't need to bring my tissues this time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That's so good. I relate to that. I mean, Samantha and I were having a conversation. We are good friends, obviously outside of the podcast too, but we were just having a conversation even last week about even just me coming out of a season where I was like, oh yeah, I'm, my husband said the same thing. He's like, you're acting different. Like, this is really fun Mm -hmm. for me to see you like this. And I was like, well, honestly, I think I like wasn't myself for Mm -hmm. several months. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. there's just a lot going on. And Samantha noticed the same thing. And she's like, this is really fun. And so it's I think I said I was going to give you one more week and then like have a sit down of like, hey, 
<laughs> we gotta right. figure something it's true out. True friendship, and they'll call you out. <laughs> but so, anyway, it's yeah. great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talking about raw and real, we named our podcast "Going There" because mm-hmm. we wanted to have conversations in the context of truth and the context of the gospel and mm-hmm. the biblical truth, but have real conversations about what people struggle with, what they want to talk about, and kind of go there. So we kind of wanted to end our time asking you: Do you have anything? If this could be something, maybe you're learning right now. Maybe just kind of like a spicy take on something. Maybe it's your God shot. Yeah, maybe it's your God shot for the day. I don't know. What's something you can share with us that kind of just like goes there? Oh, wow. My goodness. I feel like we've gone there so much in this conversation. If you don't have anything earth shattering, that's fine too. (laughs) Oh, let's see. What spicy takes do I have? (laughs) uh, I got in a fight with my friends on Instagram yesterday because they all love pellet ice. And I don't love pellet ice because the sound of people chewing ice, Mm. people get the pellet ice because they want to chew it. And the sound of people chewing ice is like nails on a chalkboard to me. So people are like, do you want to go to Sonic? And I'm like, absolutely not. That's like, wait, it's hilarious. A car full of ice chompers. And so I'm just like, so I, I sent them all this meme that was like, you know, about the Sonic ice. The like oh, little, that's too good. Yeah. My husband and I was, was like, like oh. I was like, I will cut you out of my life if you bring this ice into my presence. Okay. <laughs> See, Tara Lee, I love you, but I don't know if I can agree. I love Pellet Ice. My husband and I were literally were on a road trip the other day and we were pulling into our house after getting a giant Sonic drink. Oh, this is funny. I and he literally story. turns to me and like the whole time we're having this great conversation. Honestly, I thought it was like a really fun car ride. And I was like, this is so fun. Blah, blah, blah. We're pulling into our house and he goes, it was like an hour later. He's like, oh, I don't know if I'm more excited to be home or more excited to stop listening you murder that ice he goes you have been <laughs> chomping away the last hour and it's driving yeah, me insane i'm like oh. Oh. i found out that sometimes people that have a iron deficiency they uh-huh. crave chomping ice my mom mm-hmm. i love you i know you're gonna be listening watching this but i remember there was a time she would carry her like tumbler around like dropping in her minivan all four of us kids off and she would just be chomping that ice and then like a year later she got blood work done and found out she was like severely deficient in iron and so it's like maybe all of you who are obsessed with chomping ice need to have your iron levels check there yes you know. take some iron supplements yeah, and take save some my iron. ears yeah yeah there you uh-huh. go so yeah okay. if you're friends with tara lee never buy her a nugget machine because <laughs> oh, yeah. all we of our all friends are into a nugget the ice maker nugget ice makers on i don't know if you follow any mm. influencers but we like, may send you one one like, day give away for the nugget <laughs> I have friends who have those in their home. You know who you are. And (laughs) um, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, the, the, the pellet ice, the nugget ice, the sonic ice, all that. I'm just keep me away from it. Oh man. I'm not kidding. Do you know, have you seen there? I think they're called like whiskey stones or something, but they're like pieces of planet that you can keep in your, that people will put into drinks. That's the ice I keep in my home for when my ice chomping friends come over, Mm. because I'm not giving them real ice. They're going to get rocks. That's cool. They're very, so they cannot chomp it. That's, That's so good. Yeah. I want to now send you like a five pound bag of Sonic ice. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. We you. have. We also like at our Sonic here. You can go and like buy the yeah. ice in the bags. So yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like, no. I love that actually. And <laughs> you're right. Like we've already covered all the deep biblical spicy things so i love that that's your hot take right now but we so appreciate this time again it's kind of hilarious that christian and i are like fangirling because again we don't want to like be putting you as a person on some pedestal but really 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 you have meant so much to us for me personally i'm just like reflecting on mornings the past three years that i've done the bible recap that i've just you know woken up early and gone down to my living room and opened my bible for my daughter wakes up and just the way that god has worked through you in that plan has just 
really radically changed my faith the last few years. And I know for Christian, it has had that same effect. And so we really are appreciative about, you know, of all the work you've done. It sounds like it has been such a big part of the last few years for you. And just thankful that you were obedient to what was God was calling you in that. And yeah, that you lived that out. And will you also kind of tell everyone if they want to get involved in any of the D groups or get any of your books or join in on the Bible Recap Plans? Will you kind of speak to all of that, where people can find you? Yes, I would love that. Okay, so if you want to study the Bible with us in weekly meetings, then I would love for you to join a D group. Right now we're doing a study of the book of Acts. And then our next study is one on redemption and restoration. And to do that, you just go to mydgroup.org forward slash join, or you can just go to mydgroup.org and like, you know, find your way around the site and you'll figure it out. And we do have online D groups as well. And then for the Bible recap, you go to thebiblerecap.com and click the start link. So it's thebiblerecap.com forward slash start. And it will give you, here's the thing. We got auditory learners. We got visual learners. We got people who like to highlight and underline and take notes. We got people who don't have time to use an actual book. We are people like who love all different manner of options of engaging with scripture. And so that page will help you choose your own adventure. It'll help you decide, like, do I want to start with the New Testament and do that 92-day reading plan? Or do I want to do the whole Bible for 365 days? Do I want to listen to it? Do I want to read it? Do, like, so yeah, choose your own That's adventure. Awesome. And you don't have to read start like January no. 1st, right? Like people no, can start at, at any time. Yeah. Yep. That's My awesome. first trip through the Bible started in August. Okay. I think the best day to start reading the Bible is today. Yes, that's so, so good. Yeah. Tara Lee, will you just close us in prayer for this conversation that God that. would use yeah. it, however, and then, yeah, just for uh, our listeners today. So, yes, Father, I'm so grateful that I get to just call you Father, that because of the finished work of your son Jesus on the cross, I have been adopted into your family. You have have filled me with your spirit. And I I trust that that is true for our listeners today too, that they are women who are filled with your spirit, who are walking in relationship with you. And they're listening to this because they love you, because they've been invited in. I believe that this this podcast episode is a divine appointment for them. It's a divine appointment into scripture or gospel community or just drawing nearer to you little by little, as you invite us in through the power of your spirit, through the truth of your word. And so I just pray for every woman today who is listening, who maybe has a really busy life, who has her own sort of anxieties and struggles. I pray that you would enter into that space and just show up in ways that are specific to her, ways that are Sharon specific and Linda specific and Ramona specific, and just like enter into those spaces and meet them where they are and reveal your great love for them. Draw us nearer. Reveal yourself to us. We love you too. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This has been so, so fun. And we appreciate all of your time and just, yeah, joining us today in conversation. It's been a dream. So thank you. Uh, Thanks for having me, ladies. This is great. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon.